Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It is Munganass, St. Louis Acura's balloon party here on 101 ESPN. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. And the gentleman uh, who is just all fired up and ready to talk college basketball for 60 straight minutes Jackson Burkett, this is your time of year, and you are riding a high right now, brother. And on top of it, ladies and gentlemen, and I want to make this crystal clear to the audience of 101 ESPN, it is Piddle's birthday. Our boy is all growns up, and he's all growns up. That's right. Jackson Burkett is 25 years old today. Celebrate. Send your birthday wishes into the Air Comfort Service text line. 314-399-9646. And Jackson will read these birthday wishes throughout the program. They should be wonderful. They should be heartfelt. Yeah, I hope so. You know, quarter or uh, half a century old, to, or I'm sorry, quarter of a century Perfect. old today. Strong, strong start. Half of a half century old today. Quarter century yeah, today. Fun with math. And uh, couldn't be, you know, my favorite time. This is my favorite time of year because you know, March Madness starts. To have selection Sunday last night, uh, kind of as a birthday appetizer, is awesome. And uh, yeah, thank you, Tim. And I hope that the the texters are kind today. As I oh, they will. Of course, they will be. As I was, uh, I was born 25 years ago today, and uh, you know, I'm hoping for another great 25 years, and maybe one. Uh, Final four appearance in the next 25 years. That'd be a great Oh, gift. wouldn't you like it, though, in the next 25 days? Yeah, boy. God, I think they can do it, Tim. I really do. Do you really? Yeah. I actually got a huge confidence boost from this weekend. Huge confidence boost. Wow. Yeah. Hold on a second. I, was not, I wasn't going to go with this as the lead, to be honest with you, but look at you. You really think Missouri can... Yeah. I mean, I get that they can. Of course they can. Yeah, but... I, I think that um, a team like Alabama who's seen Missouri already was the benefit of already seeing them. They play such a unique style of game where everyone on the court is available to shoot, to pass, dribble. They pressure the hell out of the ball. They create turnovers. When they're hidden from deep, they're pretty lethal. I think they can be a real matchup nightmare, even if they're outsized, even if they have more talent on the other side of the court. Missouri has shown that they can still beat that. I mean, I, they beat Kentucky. Oscar Toshiba is one of the best big men in the country. They've beaten Tennessee. Tennessee had no answer for Kobe Brown. They've beaten Tennessee twice. Uh, I think that they are very capable. Yes. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. Look at Action Jackson. Uh, well, uh, Missouri will start things off on Thursday, taking on Utah State. For the record, Utah State, a two-point favorite over Missouri, despite being a 10 seed. Uh, three of the four 10 seeds are favorites uh, over the seven seeds. Fun facts for no intel from Las Vegas. Um, and uh, we will talk about the NCAA tournament. We will talk about Missouri. We'll talk about Dennis Gates. We will talk about, uh, in his extension, and we'll talk about Illinois taking on Arkansas and then the winner of that, most likely getting Kansas. You have SEMO in the tournament. You have the SLU women taking on Tennessee. You've got all kinds of action going on. But here's the thing. I, I, I we, we put this on the TMASTL Twitter account and we also have it on the TMA fan page. You have three legitimate, in my opinion, Jackson, three legitimate lead options today, if we're going to be honest, from my standpoint. Anyway. Yeah, no doubt. Missouri, Illinois, NCAA tournament, Selection Sunday, the whole shooting match. 
You have the dogs improving to three and zero, which is ridiculous as an expansion team, and, and two of those wins coming on the road, and not necessarily easy places to win, by the way. And then you want to talk about a tough place to win. Uh, it wasn't known as such after oh about two thousand five, but it certainly was the case from nineteen ninety nine through two thousand four, and that is the dome. And it is going to be a tough place to win for teams in the XFL. And I can't believe it. I was 100% wrong. Uh, now, after the, the first XFL game, I thought that, holy crap, this thing is going to be huge. But going into the season, I just didn't think it was going to resonate with people. I thought the dogs would. Didn't think that the XFL would. But I was absolutely wrong. What I saw on television yesterday with that atmosphere and what I heard from Tom Hart, who was on the call uh, and joined us on TMA this morning, and uh, Greg McElroy, not only the fans, but the reaction of the broadcasters to what they saw and really what they heard, absolutely phenomenal. And I don't, I don't throw this around, and I think it, it would be, you know, it's, it's what, I, what you see on Twitter, like bait. Uh, you know, some kind of take that obviously people are going to like. And we have plenty of that to choose from in St. Louis. And this would sound like like bait, but it is truly how I feel. What took place yesterday, in particular at the Dome, but then combine it with what took place nine days ago at City Park with the dogs and the atmosphere there, that's the kind of thing that for real people take notice of around the country. Now, I think sometimes we uh, get caught up in, you know, the best fans in baseball thing. And it's a, it's a great sports market. Well, plenty of places say they're a great sports market. And the places that aren't great sports markets really don't monitor or care about what is a good sports market and not because they have take your pick of whatever activity that distracts them. Beaches, oceans, you know, mountains whatever and aren't sitting there going we're the better sports market we're the better baseball town but when you had the kind of attention that was on st louis for not only the dogs opening nine days ago but thirty-eight thousand people for an xfl game and that kind of atmosphere you can't help but pay attention just because i think the vast majority of the country including markets that have the xfl view it as this I don't even know. I mean, to call it minor league, I don't think is necessarily fair, although that might wind up being the way that it goes. We've seen so many of these spring football leagues come and go. right? And for that to take place, you know, uh, Tom Hart, when he was with us on TMA this morning, Jackson, he said he was talking with uh, one of the executives who used to be with the Buffalo Bills, and he was on the field. Dwayne The Rock Johnson was not there, and that's because he was at the Academy Awards last night. He presented an award, uh, but he said he had been talking with him, and then he was talking with this executive before the game, and the executive, who used to be with the Buffalo Bills, said this isn't about the team. This is about the city, and he said this is a Buffalo Bills game, which is so funny because that's what I had been saying in 2020 and then leading into this is that this is not about oh good the battle hawks are three and one it's about people going to a football game and having fun 
And this gentleman that Tom Hart spoke with, and I can't recall his name, and I don't want to put you on the spot to recall his name, but he had been an executive with the Buffalo Bills, and now he's an executive with the XFL. He said he saw people outside of the Dome at 6.30 in the morning getting ready and just treating it as a, a game day experience of a tailgate in March for the XFL that they could not believe what they were saying. And Tom Hart said, listen, he goes, this is the fourth week I, I've been around and he was around in 2020 as well as well. And he was in Nashville, uh, you know, for the SEC tournament and he calls college football and SEC. He said, we are all talking about it. And it listen, the XFL has gotten some support, but nothing like St. Louis. And you sit there and you go, well, why? And I think there are two main reasons, and I'm curious what you think, Jackson. I think there are two main reasons as to why. Number one, one that I really didn't think would still be carrying so much momentum in 2023, because it's now been more than seven years since the quote-unquote vote, but people still are motivated by shoving it up Stan Kroenke's ass. Yeah. And shoving up the NFL's ass. And I think I, I, I still think people would have been pissed because people still are pissed at Bill Bidwell. And is maybe when you heard us do the uh, soliloquy on what transpired with the big red leaving, uh, you heard that perhaps Bill Bidwell wasn't the bad guy, but living through that in the 1980s and then still that name carrying uh, negative energy into the 1990s, he was blamed. So even if Stan Kroenke would have, quote, handled it better, which I don't believe is his DNA. You know, I, no matter what, people would have been pissed at Stan Kroenke. From a business standpoint, I understand what Stan Kroenke did. Totally get it. And from that standpoint, I don't blame him. What I do blame him for and that organization is the manner with which it was handled by crapping on the region and the fans of St. Louis as if the fans of St. Louis were the reason why he had to move when he was moving no matter what the fans did. And if anything, it was a Rachel Phelps major league kind of play where we're going to put a crappy product on the field and go, look, we can't get any support here. Totally and have one of the worst buildings in the NFL. Well, look, this is still and now it's even seven years older, one of the worst buildings for football. But it didn't matter because my second reason is people just wanted to come and have a good time. That group of people at that building yesterday were not the same people who were in the lower bowl when Drew Bennett was pissing the Rams money away or Steve Spagnuolo was pissing the Rams money away or Jeff Fisher was hoping to go eight and eight. That was a different group of fan and that was more of a football fan experience than for the most part had taken place in that building minus the handful of years when it was the best product perhaps ever put on the field in the NFL as far as excitement goes with the greatest show on turf and so what that does is yeah most people yeah it's a Sunday afternoon not watching the XFL but when ESPN's Field Yates is tweeting out the NFL should have never left St. Louis and when Barstool you might not like Barstool. Fine. It's not we're not trying to endorse media brands here. I'm just telling you what has audiences. When Barstool tweets out shots of how packed the building is and the line out the door to get into security to get into the dome, that catches people's at- attention. And it plays a role in changing the narrative. The reality is yesterday didn't change the narrative, but it plays a role in it. And for that many people to be in the building for an XFL game is phenomenal and on top of it they weren't just there 
like people used to be there when the Rams were there, but they were still sitting down because either they were PSL holders and that's just the place to be seen, uh, or they were getting yelled at to sit down by a lady knitting a sweater behind them. <laughs> Those were football fans, and it was an incredible atmosphere. And I was listening to the broadcast, and Tom Hart and Greg McElroy said, this is like an SEC game with this kind of atmosphere. I mean, the first series, Arlington's in a silent count for an XFL game. Yeah, that's incredible. Phenomenal. Incredible. Couldn't I, I, I'm dead serious. My pride, which I can't believe I'm saying, I was so proud watching that. I was so happy to see that. And this is coming from somebody who had virtually no interest in it a month ago. But I loved what I saw yesterday. Yeah, it's just awesome to see. And like, like you said, getting the recognition because this is such a sports town, a team that supports everybody who comes through here. You know, St. Louis has kind of a chip on its shoulder and it showed that with just nothing but straight you know, excitement and energy in the building. You can't just like create that out of nowhere. That's like people like looking for something. And I think another big factor is like the Cardinals and Blues play, you know, a lot of home games multiple times a week. We, we have, since the NFL has left, we haven't had a team that plays once a week. When you play that once a week, it's the build-up to it, the tailgate beforehand, the excitement during, and you see that with the Dogs and you see that with the Battlehawks big time. Yeah, I mean, what has happened here? I expected the atmosphere for the Dogs to be incredible, but still, it exceeded my expectations with what we saw the previous Saturday. Then you combine this. I mean, that atmosphere... I'm telling you, and Jackson, you, you know, we, God bless you. I don't know how you did it, uh, but you were a huge Rams fan and you're so young, you didn't get to experience right. the good years. Right. I do not recall that kind of atmosphere all that often post 2005. And, and again, it wasn't full. It was wow. 38,000 people. As Anthony Beck said afterwards, he goes, we got room. We could still open up more sections. And so what winds up happening is, it's not, I still say this, and maybe I'm off the mark on it, but it's not about, okay, they're three and one. We're going to come out and support them. I don't even know how the playoffs work in the XFL. It's not about that. And it's not about that the dogs are three and oh. It, what, what it becomes is it's an atmosphere and you want to experience that kind of positive energy, that kind of enthusiasm to share as a collective whole with your fellow St. Louisans. And so it isn't about the product on the field as much as it is the atmosphere and the experience. And that is what we could have had in St. Louis. But the way that the thing was set up was it was PSLs and, you know, you got ushers telling people to sit down and it turns into this, you know, morbid, terrible atmosphere relative to what it could have been slash should have been. But again, I understand why the PSLs were there. But these atmospheres we've seen with both the dogs and with the Battle Hawks have been absolutely incredible. And what we saw yesterday was in another world. And that is getting legitimate national attention. And that is a credit to those who were in attendance and who supported it and supported it in 2020 and are back for more in 2023. It is 1018 in St. Louis. This time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. Don't forget to get signed up to play in this year's Bracket Madness Pick'em Challenge. Register now to participate at 101ESPN.com and fill out your bracket. It is free to enter. And this year's top scorer will take home a $250 Fanatics gift card and a 101 prize pack. See the contest rules and get signed up to play in bracket madness now at 101 espn.com it's brought to you by neutral and by twin peaks jeremy rutherford's going to join us coming up later on in the program coming up next we'll have the little piddles monday madness yes sir 
the birthday edition, the 25th birthday edition. Send your birthday wishes in to Jackson. The Air Comfort Service uh, text line is how you can text in 314-399-9646. We'll take a break. Come back with the Monday madness from Little Piddles as he celebrates his 25th birthday. Our boy's all grown up and he's all grown up. It's next here on Balloon Party presented by Munganess St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is 101 ESPN. My name is Tim McKernan, and that is 25 year old Jackson Burkett celebrating his birthday here on balloon party driven by Munganess St. Louis Acura and Jackson. Is there anywhere else you would rather be than right here? right now on 101 ESPN with all of your friends texting in wonderful birthday wishes to celebrate your 25th. Nope, I'm riding my sweet spot right now, Tim. I couldn't be in a better place. Couldn't be more thankful to people with their very kind birthday wishes. It's very much appreciated. And uh, no, I'm in, uh, I'm, I'm in exactly where I want to be right now. Uh, well, uh, somebody wants to hold you accountable, so here you go. Happy cool. birthday. Jackson, do you have any more hot takes like take the under in the Mizzou game because the court is <laughs> slick? That is from the 636. I guess they cleaned it up. Yeah, that game went way over. Uh, <laughs> that game went... And consider, like, there was a bunch of unders to be had last weekend. Like, Virginia had, like, 17 points in the first half against Duke. Like, there was definitely unders to be taken. Missouri... Hanging another 80-point burger on Tennessee was not something I anticipated. So my bad if you lost your ass this weekend on that. And, and, and I think people want to hold you accountable, and then they absolutely should. I gave you uh, Colin Morikawa and Victor Hovland, so I came through as well. So this is a place you go to uh, to, to get great gambling advice, and we come through. We are, we are absolute sharps, and Jackson just has Missouri winning uh, the region and going to the uh, Final Four. I'm looking for odds on Missouri. To win the uh, to win that region, have you seen anything on that? No, no. I mean, they were. I don't. I. I they were kind of hovering around a monster number to win it all, all season. But uh, no, I have not seen them to come out of that region. I mean, they're going to be playing Alabama most likely again if you're going to get out of that region. And we've seen that that might prove to be somewhat difficult, uh, as they have Brandon Miller, who's by far the best player in the country. So yeah, it's uh, going to be difficult. But hey. It's March. Anything can happen, baby. Well, you know, you talk about St. Peter's last year and the Peacocks and what they did. If the Peacocks could do it, baby Bazori can do it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Action Jackson's Monday Madness. Yeah, well, the Monday Madness here on a Monday morning. Uh, bark, bark, bark. These dogs are red hot, defeating Portland in another come-from-behind victory as they sit at the top of the table. How much you've enjoyed watching STL City? Do you ant- did you anticipate yourself enjoying the action as much as you are, or were you more just looking forward to the atmosphere? Is the, is the action on the field surprising you and uh, a nice, pleasant surprise? I, uh, I am enjoying watching it. I do enjoy watching soccer. I don't watch it as religiously as I know many others do, but I do enjoy it. And uh, I have enjoyed watching the game. The fact that they are 3-0 and is uh, incredible. And I cannot wait to watch this Saturday. Uh, what a set situation we've got this Saturday, Jackson, because the Battle Hawks are playing at the yep. same time as the Dogs are playing. And there is a chance. We don't know how the schedule will go. Uh, they will determine it after Thursday's games when they can get a look at the matchups and they want to put the right matchups in the right time slots for television. But there is a chance 
that you could have Illinois playing Kansas in the NCAA tournament in the second round. And there is a chance you could have Missouri taking on Arizona in the second round, all going on at the same time as the Battlehawks playing and the Dogs playing San Jose. I mean, what in the world? Uh, what would you do? You'd just be sitting there at a cocktail lounge, I guess, if you're not at one of the games and just your head on a swivel, huh? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you'd have to be just locked in on all those televisions. Uh, but, you know, I think that's great. I love that because, you know, kind of we were in the kind of like the doldrums after the Super Bowl with the Blues kind of in, in a weird spot and the Cardinals hadn't really started spring training. So you were kind of down unless you're really into regular season college or National Basketball Association. But now you're going to have Cardinals games coming, Blues games still on, Battlehawks, Dogs. And, of course, you talk about the tournament. So we're kind of in that solar eclipse where all the sports are playing now. It's glorious. It's a glorious time. You're in a happy spot. You're 25 today. What's on the? Wait, let me ask you this. What's on the agenda today? What's on the itinerary? You're 25. You're the most eligible bachelor in St. Louis. What does a guy like you do today? Uh, well, work for one. Uh, Got to put in some hours here. And then uh, uh, probably uh, hit a little workout, uh, as I often do on the weekdays. And then maybe go to dinner with the folks or just... No, where are you going to go, bro? I don't know. Mondays are kind of tough. A lot of restaurants are closed on Mondays. Uh, We had the whole family over for dinner last night. So I don't know. Uh, Probably nothing too crazy. I mean, a Monday birthday is kind of like not much to do. Um, Kind of celebrated Saturday as opposed to, you know, trying to do it today. So still a great day. Still a great night. (laughs) Uh, By the way, Missouri is plus 4,000 to win the uh, South region. Illinois... Uh, is in the uh, eight seed. It's interesting to me that Maryland and Utah State and West Virginia are all higher seeds than Missouri. Utah State ten, West Virginia and Maryland eight and nine. West Virginia's plus eighteen fifty to win the region. Utah State's plus twenty three hundred, and Maryland's plus twenty five hundred. And here's Missouri, the seven seed, plus four thousand. I bet that's going to anger you like nobody's business. Not my problem if they if all these books start losing money because they got bad odds. I mean, if you think- Illinois is plus twenty five hundred to win their region and uh, obviously not a seven seed themselves. Yeah, I just, uh, if you think... Disres- that, disrespect! If you think West Virginia has a better chance of winning their region than Missouri, uh, you are a casual. I would describe you as a casual. So that's what I got on that. All right, fair enough. Uh, we talked about the Battlehawks, so I'll move on to a different question. Uh, you know what, no, so I'm going to ask the Battlehawks question. I'm going to ask the Battlehawks question. Kakaw, the Battlehawks home debut is in the books. What do you think of the atmosphere at the world famous Dome at America Center? How great is it to have energy for sports back in St. Louis? I love this. I can't tell you and I mean perhaps it's because I'm so surprised by what I saw yesterday and then and here's the other thing. It's not just St. Louisans talking about, "Oh, look how great we are." And then the rest of the country going, okay, you know, you got an XFL team, you lost the Cardinals, you lost the Rams. If you want to go back even further, you lost the Hawks. You know, stop it. People around the country were talking about yesterday. The broadcasters weren't just saying it just to fill time. They were shocked by what they saw. Now, they knew because of the ticket sales that it was going to be an atmosphere, but they didn't know it was going to be that uh, energetic and that kind of scene outside of the game. I mean, it is, as Tom Hart said, and they're not uh, hiding it. It is a place to have a cocktail. Uh, and that is what it is. It is a it is a social scene and there's a football game in the background, but people are just having a good time. So I absolutely 
love it. I am certain Stan Kroenke didn't lose one second of sleep over probably not even aware that it was taking place to be real straightforward. (laughs) But it, as far as um, the atmosphere in St. Louis, I thought that that was absolutely incredible. And I love seeing it. I love seeing young St. Louis or people who may be older, but have a youthful energy about them supporting uh, the dogs and supporting the battle hawks the way that it's been supported and it's nothing man I, the reason i'm doing this stuff is the cardinals i got into to you know majoring in journalism at the university of missouri because my love for the cardinals um but sometimes the cameras uh pan around at bush stadium and you go my god it's just it's it's silent it's dead uh, that is not what you're getting with the dogs and with the battle hawks. And I realize, you know, you only have one game a week. It totally is a not apples to apples comparison. But I love seeing young people uh, in St. Louis represented and uh, representing. So I love it, Jackson. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more, Tim. All right. Well, you know, you talk about the tournament. Missouri spent their weekend in a hard-fought battle versus Tennessee, earning their second victory over Rocky Top, and then playing the top team in the country uh, competitively the entire game until right about the end there. Did you see anything this weekend from Missouri that gives you confidence or maybe reservations about their tournament matchup with the Utah State Aggies? Well, I mean, to act like I know anything about Utah State would be disingenuous, so we're not even going to attempt to run that bluff. (laughs) I am a little concerned about Kobe Brown. I hope that everything is fine there. That's something to keep an eye on with him taking a shot against Alabama. Um, No, you know what you got with Missouri. If they're going to hit their shots, they're going to be in a spot to beat anybody. Mm -hmm. But if they're not you're going to have real problems. And you go, well, you can say that about any team. Nice analysis, ass pony. And I would understand the criticism. But Missouri, I think, is more leveraged. And those shots absolutely have to go down. And one could go, well, they didn't go down against Alabama, so that's why they wound up losing by 11 points and not covering a nine-and-a-half-point number. But Alabama's size and defensive tenacity makes it difficult to make the shot. So that wasn't a case of, oh, it was just unfortunate. That's Alabama's talent and why Alabama is the number one overall seed so uh you know I, I know the situation and i'm going into thursday as i know you are you're just a little more emotionally leveraged with it knowing that there is a good chance missouri loses to utah state but it's not going to make me go oh, the 2022-23 season was a mess because of it. it it was an incredible step forward and now dennis gates is locked into a contract extension missouri fans feel like they have the right guy even if they lose to utah state i would love to see missouri go up against arizona and kind of at that point you'd feel like you're playing with house money and how arizona would handle that after having to play a totally different style of basketball game against princeton on thursday then you go into dealing with missouri on saturday i would love to see that but I recognize it's probably a coin flip. The thing for Missouri and those watching casually will go, oh my God, you lost to Utah State. That's up there with Northern Iowa. And the reality is it's not. Uh, Utah State has a very similar style to Missouri. It's going to be a high-scoring game, and both teams have guys who can fire from outside, and that is how you're going to get to a game where it's going to be a coin flip. It's just not a recognizable program brand, and so it'll look like a bad loss. But in reality, Utah State's a two-point favorite. Jackson, what about you? I mean, you live for this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the game against Tennessee was absolutely massive. Might have been their best win all season in all seriousness because of how physical that game was, how intense that game was, had a real March atmosphere, had to come away with a win and score as well as they did against the best defensive team in the country. Uh, was really, that was great to see. They had no answer for Kobe Brown. So 
I am as well a tad concerned about Kobe's health, but if he's healthy, he's a matchup nightmare. Because when you're 6'8", 250, and can move as quick as he does, there's not many people who can stay in front of you. And if they can, they'll move you out of the way. So I hope he's okay. And uh, people have heard me long enough talk about Mizzou. I just want to give one shout-out. Demoy Hodges shot the end of the half against Alabama. Oh, how do you do? Was up there as one of the most athletic plays I've ever... To catch the ball inbounds and then fire it and make it, even though the game ended in a loss, just got to give a shout-out to a great player in Demoy Hodge and that shot he hit against Alabama. Yeah, that was incredible, man. You're right. Yeah, so that's my take on Missouri. And the final question for this Monday madness. It was great. The birthday edition. I mean, this man is 25 years old today. He's already a superstar in the market, and he's only 25. Buy up stock on Action Jackson. Just hope I don't peak too early, Tim. Uh, It was great to see Miggy Perez get a start. 17-year-old local kid who's going to be in class today at Pattonville. Uh, Really awesome to see. However, me and my brother were talking. We talked about this question. Why does the MLS not do sideline reporting or post-game interviews with players and coaches, maybe better pregame? Do you think there's a big miss, especially for a team like St. Louis City who's trying to get their legs under them in this market? Well, as you know, that's not... City's call, right? This of course. is the MLS's call, right, so right, right. yeah, I'm sure if City had it their way, that would be there, right? Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I thought the pregame leading into the Dogs' home opener was disappointing. Doug Vaughn and I were talking about that on TMA. I mean, I tuned into that as soon as it went live, and it went live at seven. 50 or maybe it was 6.50 in St. Louis, whatever time it was. I just remember tuning in. That's when the broadcast started. I I can't wait to see the atmosphere. And it was just like, a you know, it was their national uh, or international telecast. So I think that is one of the downsides of the Apple TV deal is you don't have what you would have. Let's say I, I cite the glory days of Fox Sports Midwest where, you know, you would have Jimmy the Cat Hayes uh, sidelines and you'd be able to, you know, not only get some pregame idea of what the vibe is, but also some postgame. So that part uh, is certainly a downside with it. And I would I would love that, man. You know, I mean, yeah. they're, they're, I mean, th- th- what the XFL did not to compare and contrast. But yesterday I'm watching that thing. And now that didn't that just started up. And I think that has to do with some with college basketball. But then after the game. My God, they interviewed like 10 guys on the Battle Hawks. And McCarron was really, I mean, fired up and so complimentary of St. Louis. And he said he knew it from the first time he came here. And Beck said how this was the team that he wanted to coach. He knew he was going to coach in the XFL, but he didn't know what team it was going to be. And he was so happy he got this team. And keep in mind, he played for the Rams in 2008 when, I mean, it couldn't have been uh, worse. So, uh, it, it, that kind of coverage, I, and I'm sitting there, and I'm, I, I, I hit it up, and I would love to have that with uh, MLS. You just don't have it at this particular moment. Uh, all right, we got a break. Uh, time management, I've already I've just abandoned ship on it. I'm just <laughs> going to talk, and Jackson's just going to cut my mic. I know Jeremy Rutherford's going to join us coming up. Uh, Barbashev making his return. Blues winning streak comes to an end last night against VGK. BK and Ferrario coming up at the top of the hour. Also, I was in attendance at the Cardinal game on Saturday Uh, And I want to talk about something I saw there and something to keep an eye on. So that is coming up next. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganess St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I 
bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party, driven by Monganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. We're on 101 ESPN. My name is Tim McKernan. That is Action Jackson. Getting all kinds of birthday wishes in the Air Comfort Service text inbox, too, Jackson. So this is, uh, this is wonderful. How about this one? This, is, this one's emotional. Uh, happy birthday, little piddles. You've grown on me like a rectal wart. Have a nice day. That's nice. That is nice. Yeah, I, I've always kind of identified with the fun guy. Uh, kind of some, you know, gro- grows in the dark, you don't hear a lot from, and then all of a sudden you got a problem on your hands, and that problem's name is Piddles. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like you're cutting a promo on WWE all of a sudden. I'm available. Uh, Jay Brother is going to join us coming up. I uh, deep teased this. We spent a lot of time talking about the dogs, the Battle Hawks, and uh, the NCAA tournament, and uh, Jackson saying Missouri is going to win their regional. You throw $100 on it, it pays 4000 right now. Ooh. I might have to do that. Yeah. I might have to do I God, can you imagine that? Oh, I Tim, mean, it would just be so glorious. Uh, if Missouri were to win the NCAA tournament and you bet $100 on that, that would pay 9500 For the record, if Illinois, even though as an eight seed, were to win their region, uh, that would pay 2500 for the record. Uh, you may hear the uh, wind kicking up here in the uh, Palm Beach County area. Uh, the uh, the Hawk is uh, coming up. Cardinals are off today, but they played on, they played yesterday, they played Saturday, they played Friday night. And I went to the game on Saturday, and that was against the Astros at their ballpark, which is, oh, about uh, maybe 10, 15 minutes from Roger Dean Stadium, where the Cardinals and Marlins share uh, the ballpark. And so I'm sitting there, Jackson, and I'm, uh, I have my, my wife and my sons with me. Uh, one of my sons is five. One of my sons is one. And, uh, and I'm telling my five-year-old, I said, hey, this guy here, he may be the next big thing. So uh, I was getting video of him. I was pointing Jordan Walker out to him. So Jordan Walker's first at bat. He hits a grounder, gets thrown away by the Astros uh, shortstop, and he makes the turn and slides headfirst into second base and i have it on video and he lays there for a while and i'm saying don't be hurt don't be hurt don't be hurt and then he got up and i'm like okay i guess he's all right he went out to the field in the bottom half of the inning but in the top half of the inning uh the cardinals pulled him from the game and and replaced him now ali marmol and jordan walker both said yesterday before the cardinal game that he was fine and they didn't play him yesterday and with the day off today weren't going to we're going to give him back-to-back days but this was a shoulder and initially and i was talking with mike claiborne went up and uh, visited him in the broadcast booth and was bsing with him and he was thinking that might be he had this cut on his hand and john denton of mlb.com uh was theorizing that that was what the issue was and that had happened from a head first slide mm. but as it turns out this was a shoulder the shoulder is the one injury, which is so strange because you hear Tommy John surgery and you go, oh my God, now I realize as an outfielder that's not what's going to happen. But a shoulder is just one of these injuries that can lurk and nag and be a real problem. I mean, a real problem at the same time. I mean, look at Jack Flaherty. He was the starter for the game and he pitched pretty damn well. He was only hit by 
he wasn't necessarily getting hit by Bregman. He was getting hit by randoms who <laughs> truly did not have their names on their jerseys uh, with with the World Baseball right. Classic going right, right. on. So he was kind of getting these guys who have nothing to lose and they're just up there swinging because they got nothing to lose. They're not working on anything. So Flaherty overall pitched a pretty good game. But Walker's situation is something to keep an eye on. And I think we would all agree that while we don't necessarily think it's intentional misinformation on the part of the Cardinals over the years, there have been injury reports with Cardinal players that wind up, unfortunately, not necessarily being what actually occurs. And it can be more serious. A shoulder concerns me. Was that game on television? I'm putting you on the spot and that's not fair. I hate when people do that to me. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, I, yeah, but I, I, my, my reason I'm asking that is I didn't see that video going around. Right. I didn't um, as well. No, I didn't see it at all. So it's like, do I have the only video of the injury? And it was shot from like the lawn and left field. <laughs> so it's not like it's, it's not like it's like, oh, well done on your videography skills, Tim. Um, but I just happened to be getting that video because I was with my boys and I uh, and I wanted to, to capture Jordan Walker. And I happened to to see him slide into second base. And I go, oh, my God, this is concerning. And then sure enough, it's a shoulder situation. So hopefully he's back out there when the Cardinals are back on the field and everything is cool uh, because uh, that would be devastating. I think the Cardinals are in a spot. And I know Greg Amsinger said this on the opening drive uh, talking about the situation. Listen, assuming Walker is fine and Derek Gould had a great piece in the post-dispatch about service time and how the game has changed now with regards to service time. Jordan Walker is going to be starting the season with the Cardinals. I'll bet anybody on that. Yeah. Now, if he's hurt, all bets are off, of course. But then what that leads to is a real conversation because the Cardinals are going to have to make a decision. And I don't know what direction they would go, but you have three other guys for the outfield spot. And if Jordan Walker is in there, he's not in there to sit on the bench in St. Louis. He's in there to play. And so what happens? You have Lars Newtbar suddenly a global sensation. <laughs> he's incredible. <laughs> I mean, he's a god uh, with what's going on with him in the uh, Japanese team in the World Baseball Classic. You have Carlson and you have O'Neill. So you have quite a spot here. So this is uh, something to keep an eye on. All right, we got to take a break. Jeremy Rutherford's going to join us coming up. And then it'll be BK and Ferrari at the top of the hour. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganas St. Louis. Act, you're on 101 ESPN. Back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Welcome back. It's Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan and I have a guest and the guest isn't just Jeremy Rutherford. It's the wind. Jackson the Hawk has made its appearance, and fortunately, with only five minutes left in our broadcasting day, after three hours and 55 minutes, the Hawk has arrived. Well, it's always great to have our friend the Hawk back, and uh, it's, I'm glad it showed up late. That's all oh I'll say. Oh my goodness, I am telling you, things are blowing all over the place around here. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have another guest, and it is Jeremy Rutherford. Woot, woot! Hey, Tim. Hey, Tim. Hey, I got to give uh, Jackson some credit here. Uh, I rip on him a lot when I come on with you, but I want to give him some credit. He's working on his birthday. I asked him off air, is he a millennial or did, does he miss the cutoff? He said he missed it by two years. He's Gen Z, I believe. And yep. I kind of I kind of already knew that before asking him because 
If he were a millennial, he'd be in Cancun this month for his birthday, right? <laughs> Celebrating his birthday. Is that what is that what the millennials do, Jackson? Uh, you know, there's definitely a possibility that if I was just a tad older there, I would be uh, yeah, off uh, some, you know, tropical location, boat drink in hand, uh, hopefully sons. Attention whoring on social media without question. Yeah, 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 yeah. New tattoo or something. But uh, no, I am uh, I am at work uh, doing what I'm passionate about, and that's being honest in media. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That was like FDR's address right there. I mean, just what a little better, I think. But (laughs) it was a little better. Jared, what do you think about the clock management today? I think it's already 1112 and we're still in balloon party. Oh, it's great. We got three more minutes this week than we did a couple weeks ago. This is great. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Hey, uh, Barbashev made his return last night uh, and uh, the Blues presented the video, the thank you video, and he skated around and also was getting chirped as uh, I saw you uh, tweeting about uh, what can you say about uh, what you saw and what he had to say. Yeah, chirped a bit. Well, it started out during warm-ups when he was uh, near the uh, Vegas bench doing the TV interview, as they do oftentimes. The Blues players at the other end were firing pucks down his way and bouncing them off his skates. He said that he didn't really know who it was. He thought that he turned around and got a glimpse of Justin Falk shooting one at him, so he said he after the interview, turned and, and fired a few pucks back at uh, Falk's way. And then, yeah, he almost scores early on in the game. And he said as he skates away, he's smiling. And uh, he said he did get chirped by a few teammates. I said, what do they say? And he looked at me and he said, they said, not today, not today. <laughs> so uh, having fun with Ivan Barbashev. But another tribute, there's been a lot of them the past couple of years with guys leaving town. There'll be a lot more next week when David Prawn and, and Billy Husso and Jake Wallman come back with uh, Detroit. Uh, but an emotional one with uh, Ivan Barbashev. He's been here seven years, of course, won a Stanley Cup. And, you know, Tim, you've been watching for many, many years, so have I. And, you know, when you get a guy like Barbashev who wears his uh, heart on his sleeve and plays uh, plays his heart out, I think uh, fans here in St. Louis appreciate that. And, and that's why the standing O yesterday for him. Yeah, he is absolutely a, a fan favorite. And, you know, I mean, granted, there will be a number of guys who for the rest of their lives are associated with that 2019 team. But he seems to be one of the guys who kind of typified that 2019 team and the fact that they were able to roll four lines and he was such a key part of it. Uh, there's, the, there's the win. There it is. <laughs> you had to have been able to hear that, Jackson. Oh, yeah. You hear that? Yeah, okay. that, that time it came through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when it kicks up, it's silent, and then it just kicks up like with a, 30 mile an hour gust it's just the uh, nature of the beast uh, we were texting about this before you came on uh what uh, what has transpired here this week with uh with both the battle hawks and the dogs and i think as weird as it is even though nobody wanted to see the blues have the kind of season that things have wound up taking this turn um it probably played a role in benefiting things for both the battle hawks and the dogs uh what have you thought and i know we were talking about you have a 10 year old who's quite uh engaged in, in what he is seeing with these two teams yeah, it is interesting how it worked out like that. And it's happened before with Cardinals and Blues over the years, you know, when, when Blues are starting up or Cardinals are in the World Series. Uh, I think that with the situation here, the Blues not having a good season, you got the soccer team kicking off, and obviously the fans have been going nuts uh, for that. And then now you have the Battle Hawks. I just wanted to say that Friday night, you know, we had some family stuff that we had going on, and, and when it was uh, over, uh, my son wanted to go home and watch the soccer game. And so we sat there and, and watched that and had a good time watching that comeback win. And yesterday we had some more uh, family stuff. But afterwards, everybody around us was saying, got to get to that Battlehawks game. Can't wait to get down and, and see the Battlehawks. And, and my son wanted to watch it. So, you know, just kind of like I tweeted a couple of days ago when it's something organic like, like the uh, soccer team and, and the Battlehawks, it seems like 
these kids get excited about it and they're looking forward to it. So I think that they want to grow with it. And uh, I can't tell you enough, Tim, I know that uh, you've been out of town, but uh, here in St. Louis, just everybody, everybody uh, talking about being a part of it. It is something else. These atmospheres have been incredible. And I am, uh, like I said, I was watching that thing yesterday and I was legitimately proud. Um, And that's not an emotion that I anticipated feeling watching an XFL game, uh, much less even going into that game with that crowd and that noise. That was something else. JR, we always appreciate it. Uh, Blame Jackson here for the fact that your segment was only five minutes. His time in it, he wanted to do a 30 minute special on his life in the first 25 years. So that's what we did for the first half of the show. Yeah. Couldn't be sorrier. Uh, we'll let it slide on his birthday. Happy birthday, buddy. Thank you, JR. I appreciate you, brother. Thanks, JR. There he is, Jeremy Rutherford, with us here on Balloon Party, presented by Munganas, BK, and Ferrario are up next. For Action Jackson, celebrating his 25th birthday, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Munganas, St. Louis, Acura, and all in Toyota on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.